Drawing room over here. You made it. Oh, come on through. Do you fancy drink? What's your tipple? When you don't know what you're looking at, you can't see the red flags until it's too late. That's a pretty hard reality for many trapped in abusive relationships. Sometimes it's safer to stay, sometimes it's impossible to escape. But do we really understand just how high the stakes are for predominantly women and children and those trying to save them? SBS's new drama series, Safe Home, opens up some of the stories behind family violence. There are two types of people in this world. Those who think family violence will never happen to them. And those who know it can happen to anyone. Well, one of the key characters in this four-part series is actress Virginia Gay, and she is my guest. Virginia, welcome to you. Hello, my darling. How are you? <laughs> Very well. Another meaty role for you, and, and frankly, one that comes with kind of pressure of authenticity of this kind of traumatic experience. Did you yeah. know much about family violence before you started working on this series, and did you kind of realise how little you knew? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we all know the statistics, but perhaps not the specifics of the statistics. I read the other day that one that one in, in every nine days a woman is killed by a present or past partner. I mean, that's astonishing. That's the most appalling statistic in the world, um, and that's in Australia alone. Uh, but what is so amazing about this series, about our series, is that it's written by Anna Barnes, who worked in a family violence legal centre for three years, um, right at the beginning of her career. And so she is she was on the coalface trying to help women in this situation, coming up against all of the all of the frustrations that often occur in government agencies, the bureaucracy, the sense that you actually can't do enough, that things are working. Um, faster than you can get a handle on. Um, and But what is so amazing about her experience there and the, what she, the stories that she brought to the show is that there are moments of um, the extraordinary moments of humanity and, and hope in and amongst this. And that, I think, is, is the stuff that really sets this show apart, that it, these are complex women in these situations. We're trying to dismantle this idea of, like, she was a um, she was a PR person for the Family Violence Legal Centre. She was a communications person. And so she was constantly trying to get the media to talk about these stories. And unless the uh, victim was perfect and unless the, the perpetrator was a clear monster... Um, the media just wouldn't pick up these stories. But actually, and who amongst us is perfect? Exactly, exactly. And, of course, the most insidious forms of abuse happen when they are trusted and beloved members of the community, you know, the people who you welcome at your table, the mayor, the sports coach, all of that, like, and for that, for terrible things to still be happening behind closed doors, that's, those are, those are part of the stories that, that we wanted to um, shed a light on and the complexity of these victim survivors, you know, what they did to survive and how. It's so impressive. It's, it's powerful. It's beautiful. And it is beautifully shot and directed. I saw mm. the first episode last night and I am 
blown away. This is world-class telly. It's so impressive. Because there's that key line, and we heard it in the trailer just before, that there are two yeah. types of people in this world, those who think family violence would never happen to them and those who know it can ha- happen to anyone. I suppose the yeah. latter really is people that work in the sector. But the, 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 the former really is, I suppose, a, a signal that we aren't trained really to, yeah. to to see the signs and perhaps there's a level of surprise when it does happen to you. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly, I mean, that's exactly it. And I think there are so many uh, forms of family violence too and, and coercive control. So it, family violence doesn't just look like one thing. It doesn't just look like a black eye. It doesn't just look like a broken arm, horrific and appalling as those things are. It can look like financial control. It can look like someone taking away your your credit card, your, your ability to access funds. It can look like um, a terrible phrase that I heard in the first episode in the, as I was reading it, is sexually transmitted debt. So this idea that somebody can go out and buy something in your name and then you're linked to that, that that's that you know people can buy expensive cars in your name, a partner can buy an expensive car in your name, uh, and like, and you can not even drive. You know wow. that kind I've of thing. I've never heard that, that sexually transmitted debt. Debt is a, another form of control. There's elder abuse. There's like all of these things, and of course the complex, the, the intense complexity of it is that this is intimate partner violence. So you've got a lot of complex feelings about that. You've got a lot of like. But I, but I loved him. But I love him. But he, mm. but he has, but he has issues. But he's working on them, and we're getting it through it together. So just not to shy away from that. And I think what was really striking last night watching the first episode was that it is incredibly, um, it, it's incredibly true. You know, it's it's so um, based in Anna's actual experiences in that sector and and the stories that she she worked with. Um, but also that it's it's just it's it as you said it's sort of inescapable and what is so awful about that is that that it's everywhere in life but what makes it such incredibly good um, television is that this is a four-part series that is a thriller and you do not know who the villain is. You absolutely do not. Ah, so set the scene for us. The series follows this young professional, Phoebe, played by Aisha D, uh, who comes so to well. work in a family violence legal centre, leaving her job in a prestigious law firm. What yeah. happens on this journey? Yeah, so firstly, Aisha D is incredible in this role. Everybody is so good in this show. Mabel Lee, who got a Logie nomination for New Gold Mountain, is phenomenal. Um but it's the story basically of her coming to work at this family violence legal centre and exactly as you said, not really knowing anything about it aside from the fact that she wanted to help, not knowing how she could help and putting her foot in it in in several, several ways. Um, And it's also about the the community of the Family Violence Legal Centre, the workers there and how these women come together to try and make a small difference in the lives of other women. It's so, so powerful and it's also, of course, filled with, as I said, these incredible moments of hope and and this is what Anna said when she was talking about it last night and these moments of humour because you have to find ways to get through it. And she was saying one of the things that was so striking to her about talking to all of these women who came through the door is the kind of gallows humour that they brought with them. That, is know, that right? Because you, you hear that mm. sort of black um, you know, ambulance yeah. humour in a lot of yeah. first responders and people that yeah. their lives are full of helping others going through trauma. And uh, yeah. perhaps it's, it's, 
it works for both the people that are surviving the trauma as well as those that are trying to help them survive the trauma. Yeah, it's just, I mean, I, I am so blown away by the, the complexity of these characters. You know, we, the phrase, you know, the phrase has evolved from victim to survivor to victim survivor now. This is the phrase that we use to survive women who have survived um, uh, abusive relationships. Uh, but this sense of like, at the very first person we meet in a completely separate story strand is Janet Andrew Arthur. Now, she played Lynn Scully on Neighbours for many years. And not only do I think that's a piece of casting perfection because Lynn Scully was our TV mum, you know, like so immediately the second you see her, you have empathy for her, you want to protect her. But also what is so amazing that this character is so richly drawn, so drawn from life, so so um, complexly drawn. And you are also seeing this wonderful actress, Janet, in, the, in her mid-60s, performing the best work of her career, you know, like absolutely blowing us out of the water with the, the delicacy, the, the compassion, the, the terrible conflicts that she's experiencing. And this is a story that exists alongside the story of Phoebe. So we meet Phoebe, we see her life through the world, and at the same time in a completely separate story strand, we meet Janet, who is, by the end of the first episode, manages to pack a car and get out, and that is just exhilarating. Oh, I shouldn't have told you that. That's a spoiler alert. Damn it. <laughs> spoiler alert indeed. Uh, which just brings episode, <laughs> Which brings us really to your character, Eve yes. Colbran, this tenacious yes. CEO of the Family Violence Legal Centre. Tell me about her character and what sort of relationship she has with the main character, Phoebe. Yeah, well, she's based on a real woman that Anna Barnes worked with who was her boss. Anna Barnes was the comms person and, and Helen, her name was, was the head of the... Um, Family Violence Legal Centre, and she said, you know, the bond they formed was so strong, but Helen was no-nonsense. You know, she was as compassionate as she could be, but she also needed to really, really toe the line and get things done. Um, so she is endlessly frustrated by the bureaucracy, by the limitations of what she can do and the the money that comes and goes at the whims of government. But, of course, the, the victim survivors never stop coming through the door. You know, that this is they need more and more support as more and more people suffer these terrible things. So she's she's warm, she's blunt, she's tired, she's all of us, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Very relatable. And we, you yes. just know the type as well. Yeah. It just it makes me think, I mean, you've played a variety of roles on our screens and on stage, a nurse in All Saints, a savvy businesswoman in Winners and Losers, uh, a detective in Savage River. In many ways, these characters when seen all together, make the perfect CEO of a family violence legal centre. How much do you kind of draw on previous characters and experience when you kind of step into a new role like this? Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, one of the things that I get employed for is is my sort of authoritative warmth, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Your that's... typecast for authoritative warmth. I love yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love this. Put it on, I should put it on a little um, a little card and give it away at equity meetings and things. Um, but that sense of like I, I, the kind of leader that you either want or deserve, depending on the day, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and that's, I think, I, I think it's always great to see women in position of, uh, positions of power, women in positions where they are solving crimes, helping people. That, that kind of representation, I think, is incredibly important and we could have more of it. Yeah, indeed. I mean, I'd imagine that tackling such a serious and important subject such as family violence, you'd really 
feel that pressure to get it right, to make it sure it's authentic. The show is a drama, though. How yeah. realistic are the portrayals? Do they depart for dramatic purposes? Or talk to me about that. Yeah, well, we all took it incredibly seriously. Um, I uh, was talking last night to Anna and Anna said, yeah, the, in the writer's room, in the making of this, uh, they made sure that they had a psychologist with them because the the amount of trauma that they were discussing and having to put themselves in the mindset of not only the victim survivor but also the perpetrator, they were like, we need to be really careful with our writers who are making these stories, who are putting words in victims' and perpetrators' mouths. So I think that's just an indicator of exactly how how um, careful and safe and, and loving, truly, the making of this production was, and that is entirely due to Imogen Banks and to Emmeline Palmer, who have formed the production company Kindling. And this is, you know, Imogen brought us offspring. Im- Imogen made Nina. Like, <laughs> Imogen also brought us the, the Royal Flying Doctors Service. You know, she's a woman who knows television, like the back of her hand, but she also knows how to create a safe and loving space where people can do their best work. And so then when we were on set too, we had this incredible director in Stevie Cruz Martin. And this is her only, this is only her second major thing that she has done. And she is world-class, mate. I have worked with so many directors and this, like, she is just incredible. And the, the love and the care and the space that she had while we were telling these distressing stories meant that we could go to very dark places and we could come out safely and carefully and we could help our fellow actors also do that. And that just means that you get the best work that you possibly can out of anybody. And it's across the board. It's not just the big names. It is down to the tiniest um, one-line roles. Everybody's so spectacular in this and that absolutely contributes to the realness and to the sense that, yeah, to my endless horror, this continues to be everywhere. If you've just joined me on RN Drive, actress Virginia Gay is here. We're talking about her new series on SBS called Safe Home. I think someone once said about you that you could make the phone book funny. And, you know, <laughs> as, a, as an artist, you know, your goal is to move people with all of these different tools at your disposal what thrills you most on stage? Is it the sort of pin-dropping silences or audiences falling off their chair in hysterics? Oh, that's such a good question. Absolutely, honestly, they are two sides of the same coin. And I know that might sound insane, but it's it's to do with the, the way that you trust your fellow actors. We make a like a, a sort of a sort of roadmap that everybody in the audience comes with us on. And if we do it right and if we get the timing of everything right, we can get you either to the point where you gasp in horror or you explode in laughter. It's the same It's the same techniques, it's the same work and craft and artistry and skill and flair of everybody who I'm on that stage with where we get you either to one point or the other. But it's sort of like... Um, laughter is the release of tension, right? You build it up, you build it up, you build it up, and you release. And that's the same thing with a, a gasp of, oh, my God, no, or um, or a pin drop silence. Um, I, I feel like I've heard more laughter in my time, and I will tell you that there were a couple of moments, for example, in Cyrano, where every night we would get the pin drop silence or occasionally the, 
in the pin drop <laughs> silence. And that is a pretty special thing. But if, but I if I you had to choose, choose one, you, I'm forcing choose, you here. You have to choose I one. Couldn't. Make I'd them laugh or make them cry. To, no, no. No, it's not fair. <laughs> no. I can't. I can't. I, can I just have to do one night on, one night off? You know, I'll just do one of each. <laughs> You've obviously enjoyed enormous success at home, but before the pandemic struck, you'd been treading the boards in Los Angeles for a few years, an experience you described as incredibly lonely. I'm not sure if that's because Los Angeles is, you know, a pretty soulless place. Would you move overseas again? Yeah, well, listen, that time actually transformed me entirely. Like, it turned me into a writer that time because I almost, I needed the isolation. I needed the sense that I didn't know anybody there, that actually I wasn't very important there. You know, I didn't, I didn't get invited to things there. So what meant, what that meant was that I um, was able to go really deep and dark and, and go into myself and go, wait a minute, I'm getting all of these scripts all the time, but I'm not seeing stories that reflect me and my life. Where's my voice in this? And I was like, oh, God, well, I think it's my responsibility to tell those stories then, and that stories that are about, like, funny, broken, excellent women, stories that are about, <laughs> like, like um, opening your heart, stories that are about the big risks that we take that you, that you have no guarantee that you will ever pull off. But, God, isn't it, like, that's what life is for. You have to try these things. So, absolutely, I would live overseas again. Um, I, I found the time totally transformative and, and an adventure that I'm eternally grateful for, but not the adventure that I expected, which is that, of course, every time somebody goes to LA, you expect that somebody will tap you on the shoulder in the first three weeks and go, oh, my God, you're the next Kate Blanchett. Come over here. We need to put you in a movie right now. Oh, God, Marvel's calling. Yeah, can you sign here? Great, brilliant. You know, that's the only story we ever get told about LA. But actually, I found even though that was not my story at all, it totally changed my life and I'm eternally grateful for it. Well, I, for one, am certainly hoping that Marvel is not making a new superhero movie where the protagonist's (laughs) skill is authoritative warmth. Virginia (laughs) Gay, always an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much, darling. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.